Hello and welcome to the year that we started a podcast, a podcast born Phoenix-like from the podcast of 2020. I am your co-host, Jeff. And I am your other co-host, Nick. And this is our podcast. We're a couple of friends that are a continent apart that would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. And Nick, you know what? I'm not going to work kick back into our intro this week because I, you I, stole my last one. And I feel like that just that's the punishment of your actions. I will say I listened to myself steal it and I like had told myself, oh, I should say that I'm the fellow, the your co-kickback. And then I started to say co-host out of like just instinct. And I just, I didn't want you to know that. I really did drop the ball. I listened to it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's bad delivery, Nicholas. It was. So. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're definitely one to be able to deliver the occasional comedic line. But, yeah, you maybe fell a little bit short there. But, uh, you know, we can't always have the best intro ever. But Nick, I'll tell you what, for the first time in 2021, there's not some crazy dramatic thing that has dominated the news cycle. We've gone through an inauguration and there was uh, nothing super exciting about it. It was a fairly mundane thing, <laughs> at least. Which unless- is impressive because we are recording today and I'm checking like the, the, the history. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure the craziest the world goes down on the day that we record <laughs> i don't even know if we're supposed to swear on this podcast or not but Wait, it's the craziest <laughs> you did text me on that i we did not I talk did. about that here's here's no. the rules nick i will bleep it out and it's okay if you do uh or i will edit it out so that's your choices all right uh, but uh but no yeah like uh maybe we're returning a little bit to normal uh, we we haven't had <laughs> haven't had any absolutely ridiculous crazy things this week, which is, is a nice refresher. Okay, so Nick, here's the deal. I uh, you know we've been through a lot in the last you know calendar year. Uh, is that right? It's been it's been a little bit rough. I'm really have looking we... forward to doing. Was it an eventful year? Uh, Anything big happened? Honestly, or... you know what, Nick? <laughs> let's just let's continue. Let's. Con- I apologize. I'm ready to return a little bit to normal this year, I hope. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is traveling for work. I miss my kids. I miss my wife. But it's really fun to like go to other places and uh, have that be not on my own dime. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, <laughs> the novelty definitely does wear off eventually. But it is a, it is a nice thing. Uh, one of the things that Katie and I were talking about uh, a while back was our was my trip to Indiana. We, we had a, a place that we were going to visit for work stuff where they had some of the things that we were potentially going to be buying or looking into buying. And turns out, Nick, I, you know, and I live in Kansas, so I feel like mm-hmm. I, I can be a, a, a decent critic to this sort of thing. Are we trashing on a Midwestern town? Oh, shoot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we <laughs> are. Midwestern state. Is that the thing? You, Yikes! You make me feel a little bit self-conscious because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Midwest. Uh, <laughs> you're a Midwesterner. I, I feel, you, you, you're loud. You're loud. You're I, from, you're I feel from like, like yeah. I feel like I'm being a little bit more. You're uh, from small town Kansas. You're not even like <laughs> just. Hey! Whoa! 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 I'm not, no, no, I'm, not, I'm saying you, you are you are qualified, sir. You understand the struggle. And... I I may be qualified, but I am also now open to criticism. So. And I, I'll always be there to criticize you if you need, buddy. Don't worry. Okay, so <laughs> this this uh, this piece of interest uh, comes in two parts. So, first off, uh, we arrive in Evansville, Indiana, and right. we were going. Okay, so I've 
I've visited lots of places and kind of typically how it works in Kansas, like flipping takes forever to get to anywhere significant. And by the time you get there, you know, it's early evening or, you know, it's basically it's dinner time. Like we need to show up, get in the hotel, go out to dinner and then go back and go to bed. Well, uh, that works out in most places, Nick. However, I will tell you, uh, Indiana is a little bit different. In, Indi- so? <laughs> in Indiana, uh, we showed up at about like 8 p.m. And in the in the airport, which is like a small airport, not nothing nothing to write home about. Can't even resist from trash in the airport. No, no. So we got out of the airport. We took an Uber, which it was very happy to you know have the. Actually, you know what? This is that's a lie. So we got we got out of the wow. airport and we picked up our rental car because there was no Uber. And uh, we needed to get to our hotel, but we had not eaten any dinner. The Evansville Airport does not have a place that was open uh, for dinner at the time that we were there. Uh, We then looked up places that were open for dinner near us at around 8 or maybe it was like 8.30 p.m. I'll tell you. There was nothing. I'll tell you, Nick. Turns out in Evansville, Indiana, there isn't places that are open for dinner at 8 30 p.m there was one place that we found that was open to the public at 8 30 which was it mcdonald's it was nick if i could have gone to mcdonald's and had myself a piece of any terrible food from mcdonald's which you know what if I'm being completely honest, McDonald's, you do have the occasional delicious thing, so I don't want to completely trash on you. I know it's very popular to hate McDonald's food, but like yeah, I, as a uh, as an indulger in McDonald's uh, occasionally, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I I still think we should be trashing on them. Uh, I, I will eat those. I'll eat the nuggets. I'll 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 post the chicky nuggy memes, but they're still bad. To to have some chicken nuggets on that night would have been a blessing amongst all blessings. Like, there would have been no way I would have turned that down. Okay, so so here's the deal, Nick. Uh, We we got, we we landed, we had arrived, we had gotten all of our bags, we got our rental car, it was coming up on 9 o'clock, everywhere in Evansville, Indiana is apparently closed, which I'm not used to. I live in Kansas, it's a small town. But you can get food from probably 20, 30 different places in my small town of Wichita, Kansas, comparatively. Which, honestly, Wichita and Evansville, I mean, Evansville is smaller, but it's not that much smaller. But that's just how Indiana is, apparently. Anyways, we have to have dinner. Like, we went to the airport to, like, pick up our luggage and head out. Nothing was open in the airport. We're starving at this point. <laughs> there, There's nothing open in Indiana except for... And I don't understand like how this is okay, but there was a bar that was open and I, again, I live in Kansas Midwest. Like we're very open to lots of things here in the Midwest when it comes to like, you know, we we can do whatever we want here. Uh, so there was a bar that had uh, smoking in everywhere. Like it was just open to oh, smoke. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't really understand was still a thing in the United States. Apparently it is. It's 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 very like select states, right? Like, indoor smoking is still a thing in Indiana, at least as of a couple years ago. So we go in. There is a table, uh you know, one crowd of people they're playing poker or something and smoking in the, the restaurant. 
and I, I say restaurant with the most generous. It's a bar. It's a bar. It's, <laughs> it's a bar. Yeah, it's it's a bar. And honestly, still then, like the most generous <laughs> like interpretation <laughs> of what a bar can be. We sit down and they 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 have shut down the grill, Nick, but they still are offering they are still offering food, which to us at this point is a godsend because the option is a gas station like beef jerky, which I'm to be completely honest, I'm not even sure that that's that was even an option at that point. Like freaking. But in your in your brain, you're like maybe we can figure it out, but no, who knows? Who could say? Yeah, who could say? Yeah, who could say? But you know what? <laughs> Wall in Rome, you know, <laughs> do what you need to do. So so I literally I don't want to like cut this off, but you say Wall in Rome. My like my disaster of like a of a landing at, after traveling thing is from Rome. So like I, I want we should circle back around. <laughs> continue your thing. Continue your thing. I'm not completely sure that I can because that is a hilariously more sophisticated version of what no, I'm it's, about it's to not, share. No, it's not, it's not the same type of story, but continue, continue. continue. Okay, you, you do need to share that story, but yeah. um, okay. So, arrived at the Evansville airport and there's no food. We go out, drive around, get our rental car. There's no place that's open except for this apparently still legal to smoke in the place bar uh we are hungry because we have not eaten any dinner they nick they had a special going on which i think was the only thing that they were willing to still serve because their grill had been shut down a couple hours before probably who knows what the timing was but they had a special nick that we could still order which was one dollar chili dogs oh my god Can I just say that that is the least confidence-inspiring sentence I've ever heard? One dollar chili dogs does not inspire. I am scared at that point. Like, I'm not trying to be over here with you and your Evansville, uh, you know, uh, ragging on. Uh, But yeah, I'd be I'd be a little concerned myself, actually, a little bit. (laughs) So we 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 sat down with our uh one dollar Coors Light bottled beer and our yeah, one dollar yeah. chili dogs. Um and Nick, I'll tell you, they were every bit as good as you would expect one dollar chili dogs from a bar okay. that was open. Like it was it was really bad. Like it was really, really bad. Uh, well, I was I was gonna say that Sonic the Hedgehog taught me when I was six that uh that, that means that they're gonna be really good, but I guess I guess no I, Sonic Sonic nope. led me astray. Yeah, he he led you astray, Nick. It was it was <laughs> poor, p o o r bad. So uh, we go through the night and like I'm not sure if you've had a bad chili dog anytime recently, Nick. That is no. not enough to satisfy a very hungry person. And you know what we nope. did. We just went to bed hungry because, like, there was no, like, There's no other solution. Like, if, you're, if your option you're is bad chili dog or whatever else you have that's less popular than that, like, you just like, okay, well, we're just gonna cut our losses. We'll have a breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> the the bad bar experience uh, in general ended, and we went home. Or went home. <laughs> we popped on a plane and went to, went back home. No, we we went oh, to the sorry, hotel bro. and called it. You know, cut our losses. But I say all that to say, there are some things about Indiana that I enjoyed. The people there were very nice. They're accommodating. Like when we got I like there, how begrudgingly you said that. I suppose some parts of it weren't irredeemable. <laughs> 
one dollar chili well, dog. The I problem, suppose. The, the problem again, like <laughs> nice, nice people that we've met there. But the problem was how you treat your people coming in and out of your dang state, <laughs> because we we arrived there to no dinner except for a very very terrible chili dog, and then when we were leaving in the airport, uh, and I've been through, I don't know, probably. 20 30 airports at this point if you leave the evansville airport you go through tsa and you get to the other side and like normally when you go do that you're like okay well i have you know an hour to kill maybe we'll get a snack or if it like it's breakfast time you get some breakfast or dinner time you get some dinner from some place it turns out the only place that you can get actual food from evansville airport is on the other side of tsa if you get past tsa you have you are welcomed with a very very nice vending machine of like four things that you can get uh so you can have a nice you know bag of chips or you can have you can have a snickers bar but uh that's about the extent of it so if you want actually any actual food you have to go back out through tsa go through all the security checks with like a burrito yep. in your hand. And so we ended up sending a, two of the people with us to go buy, like you go get us some uh, breakfast and come back through, like go through security a second time. So anyways, a long way to say, uh, I just wanted to share that story. Uh, if you ever end up going to I- Indiana, especially the Evansville airport, which I have no, no idea why you would ever need to go, but uh, yeah, bring your own food, bring your own food. <laughs> bring your own food. Oh my god, that's really sad. That's that's very frustrating. I feel that I've been in that scenario where you're kind of trapped in like a small town. And the bigger thing I think is that you don't know. There's a chance that like there was more stuff that was open, but you don't have a local guide that would tell you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Chinese place down the road isn't actually doesn't show the hours right on Yelp. I mean. Uh, Evansville isn't that big. We drove the flip everywhere. <laughs> we tried <laughs> That's really too. hard. That's big too. I, I legitimately think that that is just like a thing that they have there, but I don't know. Who knows? Okay, Nick. So I mentioned the phrase while in Rome, and I didn't mean to dis, uh, you know, I, I don't want to take away from the time that you have with uh, your main topic, but I do feel like I need to know what you, what, what, what is this? Because you have a cooler life than me, apparently. Oh, it's not, it's not about it being a cool life. It's about, um, okay. The only time I've traveled out of the country, uh, we traveled uh, first to Rome. It was like a trip through Europe. Was it, it was a family what, trip. Was it, was it through Evansville? It was actually you caught me. It was we we stopped at Evansville. It's the classic California to Rome uh, <laughs> layover. Is in Evansville? No, 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 no. Okay, so we traveled to Rome, and uh, so we were traveling with my family, my uh, sisters, my brother-in-law, and my parents, and my wife. We started this thing off really strong. Um, I forget what was wrong with my sister. My one of my sisters had like something wrong with her arm or her hand. And I, it's been a couple years now, so I forget. Mm-hmm. But I had to carry all of her, like, carry-on stuff and her luggage and crap and whatever else. And this is, wouldn't be a problem, except that usually I was, like, kind of, like, me and Jen were splitting it, or me and my dad were splitting it more and whatever else. But we, our first flight got delayed before a layover. So I literally had to sprint from one side of the New York airport that its name is escaping <laughs> me to the other while carrying my sister's backpack and her luggage thing. And I was like carrying her roller luggage because I needed to sprint with it. And it's good stuff. Uh, so, but more importantly, we get to Rome. We land after however long of traveling and like sprinting and me carrying all this random crap and whatever else. And it is... Uh, I think it might have been like literally July 1st 
and it was so intensely humid and so intensely mm. hot. And we get there at like noon. We get out and we are stuck waiting for uh, our luggage for uh, like an hour. Uh, and then eventually our luggage does come on. But our flight has laid over uh, twice now, once in New York and once in France someplace. I think Paris, but I don't remember. The only parts of the luggage that were lost were the final ones that, or the like the, the early stuff or something. I forget. But basically just me and my wife's. Everybody mm-hmm. else in my family's <laughs> luggage came. But just me and my wife's luggage was oh, delayed gosh. or lost somewhere along the way or whatever the hell. It was delayed. Like, we eventually found it. But... So we spent all this time sweating in an airport, in this muggy <laughs> freaking airport. We get in our car. We didn't land in Rome proper. And we get in a car to take like a long drive to our hotel. And we get there relatively late. We unpack everything. And I'm now covered in sweat with no clothes. And it's like relatively late in the day now. We are like, okay, well, do you want to go take a like trip someplace and we had been told that it would be one day like it would be there in the morning that it was like oh they put it on the next flight and they'll bring it over and yada yada um but you know there's like a language barrier because we're in a different freaking country this native language is not english and like i'm not not even blaming anyone else we're the ones that are at like not at fault but like not prepared to communicate in italian so we're like no it's fine is there anywhere close by that we can walk to to find it yes there was there was uh a hard rock cafe uh, nearby so it was like down nice. the street from our hotel so me and my wife walked down to hard rock cafe to see if there were any t-shirts because we were like literally just walking up i, I should say we were, didn't purposefully go from there but we were in a downtownish area we we're like okay we'll look around and see if there's anything open that we can get clothes from and we couldn't find anything after like 45 minutes of walking in more heat and i'm now disgusting and covered in sweat and just like a disgusting human being and I walk into this damn place, and I'm just like, dude, do you guys have, what do you have for clothes, your gift shop? <laughs> All right, cool. Got a great Hard Rock Cafe t- t-shirt, and uh, I got my wife a t-shirt. But you want to know Hard Rock Cafe doesn't have, doesn't have socks, underwear, or <laughs> pants. And so, so <laughs> go back to, oh, to my room, and we get back, and my family is like, oh, that's really a bummer. Um, do you guys want to borrow any of our clothes? Jen is about four inches taller than all of the incredibly short women in my family. And I am four inches taller than my dad. And my brother-in-law, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember if my brother-in-law tried to offer me. But, like, my dad was, like, really trying to be like, do you just want to try on some of my jeans? And I'm like, no, dad. Oh, man. You're four inches shorter than me. What do you want? I can do that. And I'll just have my shins pulled Have you, have you seen my shins? You ought not. And let's uh, keep it that way. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So I just went oh, to bed man. in sweaty-ass clothes. And then we wake up the next day, and it was delayed for another day. So I went shopping in a Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt, not even under, able to understand what most of the uh, the store people wanted to say to me. And it's, oh, it's great. My poor wife was so embarrassed, too. She's like, I don't want to wear this shirt around. And, like, nothing wrong with having a t-shirt or whatever. But, like, you know. Anyways. That's I, all. That's... Uh, I really want to get to your story. But now I have two stories I have to tell. And I hope they no, let me Let's do it. <laughs> this is so great. This is okay. our detour. This is so, our detour. Uh, back in the day, uh, I think I maybe mentioned it on the show before, but when I was younger, uh, probably from age, I don't know, 10 or so to uh, until I moved out, we went to Colorado every year. And one yep. of the years, one of the very first years, maybe the very first year, uh, we went to a 
a place in Colorado where we were camping at like the edge of a, a lake in the mountains. And it was like absolutely beautiful. And there were potentially going to be trout or something in this lake because like it flowed through both sides. I don't know if that's exactly true. So don't fact check me on that mom or dad. But uh, <laughs> anyways, for whatever reason, we were fishing on that lake and I thought I had caught the biggest fish ever. And I, I reeled it in and turns out it was a uh, hard rock cafe t-shirt <laughs> so uh that's the end of the story they're like that some, was like some there's sweaty there's guy multiple... got mad some sweaty guy who was like <laughs> yeah. me just got stuck yeah exactly there are definitely pictures of that uh both being worn by my mom me holding it up like a fish like multiple good things about that t-shirt love it um the other one was something with katie and i what was it um what were you talking about <laughs> The Rome, Rome uh, sweaty, waiting for sweaty luggage to show up from France. Stuff, France and stuff. Yeah, and that is the end of the stories. I guess there was. Some... <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of both stories. Wow, yeah. both stories you told them so really fast. Good, good job, uh, bud. Man, that's disappointing. But it probably is not as uh, disappointing as would would have been if I would have distracted any more from hearing about uh, the actual topic this week, which is Nick. Go ahead. All right, all right. So for our listeners at home, I'm not good at writing these questions. Uh, and Jeff, too, I apologize if any of these uh, questions feel condescending. They genuinely <laughs> are not meant to be. Okay. They are genuinely meant to be like questions to point out the absolute normalization of these things. Okay. So uh, when I was in college, I took a mass media influence course. And uh, I thought that this would be a particularly interesting to- topic to you. Because this guy that I learned about in Mass Media Influence, who I've always been super fascinated by, also specifically used psychological uh, or psychology theory, or at the time, psychoanalysis theory, to shape mass marketing. Um, So have you heard, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, you don't don't know who Edward Bernays is, correct? I have no idea. And uh, so like we have recently talked about like some interesting psychological marketing things before with yeah. uh, Microsoft dropping a bunch of MSN butterflies <laughs> back in uh, whatever that was. Eddie Bernays would be proud. Eddie Bernays would be proud. <laughs> okay, so I assume by you saying that, this would have been uh, you know, predating that sort of stuff. Very much so, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, so um, let, me, let me give you two random-ass questions to, to, to start with. And I know, that the, I know the answer for both of these. Okay. Uh, and I know what your answer will be for both of these. But oh, do you? What, okay. what do you think? Uh, what do you think is the most normal, casual alcoholic beverage? Uh, beer. <laughs> I would agree. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you think uh, normal people should buy stocks or should it just be like Wall Street brokers and stock traders? Uh, buy stocks. Do you think normal people should trade stocks? No. Yeah. I, I think they should. I think normal people oh, should. Gotcha. Okay. So both of those are super, are completely ideas that are uh, like mainstream thoughts and mainstream uh-huh. like social standards because of Edward Bernays. And that is the kind of okay. like, so and I have about, I could probably give you actually like 20 examples of just random ass like cultural norms that are directly tied to one single freaking person, which I think is wild. And it's a, a name that most of us will never hear in our lives. Okay, which is so you're super you're telling me the reason why I feel that beer is the most like uh, the universal. most normal like just casual going out for a drink. Yeah, that 100%. is tied to a single 
person? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'll I'll go with you here. Uh, that seems weird, but I'll go with you. I I'm have... not gonna I'm not gonna deep dive the the beer one or the Wall Street one because I find those ones to be a little bit less interesting than the other ones. But you'll okay. you'll get the gist of where I'm coming from with this. Okay. okay. So Edward Bernays is Sigmund Freud's nephew, uh, and everybody here knows Sigmund Freud. But um, heard of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, so I assume like so uh, for our listeners, I don't want to do this to you, Jeff, or anything. But Jeff is a has a bachelor's in psychology. So I don't know if you know this part about Freud's theory stuff, but back when he's one of the first people to talk about um, the sub, the subconscious minds mm-hmm. and uh, minds, the subconscious mind. And he, he had a theory on human psychology that uh, we all have unconscious primitive urges that are sometimes very se- sexual or very violent um, yeah. that lead us to acting in ways that are not always logical, right? Uh, that are very emotional and, Frankly, he basically thought explicitly that it was illogical. Uh, Edward, the reason I say that is Edward Bernays wasn't just his nephew. He was a big fan of Freud's work. And he basically used that. He's one of the first people to use that idea of subconscious, the subconscious mind and illogical desires in marketing and more specifically in mass marketing. Um, So... He's hired by the U.S. and uh, U.S. government in World War One to promote war, uh, America's war efforts as an effort to bring democracy to Europe. And would you agree that, like, you and I have both basically thought that in our life? That, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the U.S. the U.S. in World War One, World War Two, the the twenties to the fifties is trying to promote democracy abroad, right? So uh, I just. Yes, definitely. Also, <laughs> I, I I still I want to place this in history. So. He You're was good. a young man influencing things back in the 20s. Is that when yeah. it started? Okay. I, yeah, I'd say it basically starts in like the, the 1920s, 1910s, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so he's a young man then, and Freud is an older man at that point. I'm yes. pretty sure Freud is a fair, fair amount older than him. Yeah, we'll pretend like we know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So y- you know what the word PR means, right? What, do you know like what PR is? Public relations? <laughs> yeah, no, you're. you're uh, I, I know. I, this sounds like a condescending question. No, no, no. Dude, it's okay. I'm nervous now. <laughs> the word public relations, the words public relations together do not exist before Edward Bernays. And before really? that, everything is just propaganda. So he's hired by the government. <laughs> oh no, like I'm serious. Like it's just the word is propaganda. When yeah. we talk about it, it's it's that's yeah. the word, right? And so the government hires him to in World War One as a part of a team. He's not the only guy, but like to promote America as being bringing democracy to Europe. And he realizes he sees he goes to uh, what is it the Paris Accords or the um, no it's not the Paris Accords. Wow, it's just modern. Uh, he goes to I forget what it is after World War One where they they had the. Um, the Allied forces uh, gather to like make treaties and crap after World War One, and he sees the way that America is greeted as like heroes, as liberators mm-hmm. to the anti-democracy uh, governments that that lost World War One, and he basically realizes like, oh, we can use that propaganda on the freaking masses, and why are we not doing this during peacetime too? Because propaganda had basically been a wartime tool used by governments to make them to to drum up um, sol- like soldiers and volunteering for for wars and drum up businesses and make your populace more happy with war. I apologize to everybody at home. Um, I am not a historian by any means. Um, I have I studied this guy in college. I have watched a couple of documentaries and I've read a bunch of articles in the previous weeks. But I know that I will probably gloss over certain concepts or ideas. Uh, I 
fully can accept that, but it's just, just at my, this is my understanding of it as a person interested, but far from an expert. I, I honestly, I think that regardless of your noviceness, <laughs> I think that there, like, I don't know about other listeners, but I am flipping ready to jump down this slope with you because it makes so much sense. Like it, right. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm already framing the things that are going on in today's times in this like new, this new worldview that I've been introduced to where we, <laughs> Five minutes we re- ago. Where we realized like a hundred years ago that this is like, Hey, you know what? We could actually use this. Like yeah. this is the thing we can figure out. And, and, and for good or for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> Very much for better or worse. Right. And the thing that I, the reason that I'm like super fascinated with this guy is it, it reminds me to question my norms right because Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of our norms are so societally ingrained and it's not dangerous that you think of beer as the casual drink right that's not a problem but it is a thing that somewhere along the line someone probably pushed for is like an interesting thing to me in general or not all things are like that but i know a lot of things are after World War One, he starts a, P- a public relations firm, and it's basically the first firm of its kind that's using pu- uh, public relations, and it's using the word public relations, or because propaganda has a, a word with so much negative connotation. And even today, we think of pro- propaganda as this like evil thing, and public relations as a just normal thing, right? Like everybody, everybody yeah. has a PR department. The first big like landmark case that, or case uh, client that he takes is super interesting to me. Do you think of smoking as a vice for one particular gender? Uh, yes, I do. I think it is a male vice. Okay, like. interesting. Okay. Um, so I, I think that it's still predominantly male, but in the 20s, it was basically explicitly exclusively male. Um, like entirely no females, like yeah. basically no, yeah, it was thought of as like gross and unbecoming of women and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, I've watched, um, I've watched Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. I don't know. That, this this feels very Mad Men esque, but yeah, go continue. I, no, I, I think Mad Men is like the the is definitely like the the forty years later thing. I think it's yeah. completely yeah. Anyway, so Freud gets hired by a t- big tobacco firm. Um, I can't remember it now. Well, let's say it's Lucky Strike for Mad Men's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so he gets hired, and he gets oh he was hired by the American Ta- Tobacco Corporation. And basically saying, hey, dude, we have this taboo around women. We are losing 50% of our freaking potential customers. Can Uh you help us out? So he's just read and studied and actually promoted Freud's work to the the world. And he's fully bought in, especially on the unconscious primitive urges. Mm -hmm. And like he's the first person to – this is like the first big case of somebody trying to use – a model of creating an emotional need or fear and then connecting that to a product or a politician or whatever as a okay. solution. Um, and so the way he does this with, with cigarettes is he found that he, the first thing he does is he gets a psychoanalyst at the time or a psychologist, but back then they called it psychoanalysis, which I think is like the funniest word ever. It sounds very, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he gets a psychoanalyst to see what women associated cigarettes with. Just start questioning women and uh, working with women around the idea of cigarettes. And so he found that because it was so uh, discriminately anti-women, he found that a lot of women associated with male sexual power. I apologize if like we're going into a thing where like I, I'm not going to bring up sex all the time or anything. But he so they associated it with male sexual power and as a surrogate for a penis. Which is oh my god! That's, that's his like actual. You can hear this old version of him like seventy years later talking about it, and he says oh, the word. Man. It's great. So, 
man, I'll just I'll just step in and say like, oh my gosh, like hearing hearing this sort of stuff from that period of time compared to how that would be perceived today is absolutely ridiculous. Which it makes me wonder like what what of today's time is going to feel like absolutely ridiculous here in the next 50 years. Or I think about that all the time. Like we're going to look back at like our grandkids are going to be like, ew, grandpa Jeff and grandpa Nick did what? Weirdos. Well, like, <laughs> like even not in a, I mean, definitely in that sort of realm. No, yeah, even, not even, aware. In, even in the other realm of like, like I, you know, I think about driving, for example, like 40, 50 years from now, yeah. I'm going to think like, oh my gosh, is it like how how did you allow you you let humans, humans drive cars and you guys just miles died an hour? all the time? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Like, I, I mean, fair. maybe maybe that will be the case. Maybe not. But I don't, anyway, sorry, I I, no, I think it's really interesting to think about that thought. That's there. a good that's a good point. No, but I I completely agree with you. It's, it's funny how quickly society can change on things, right? Yeah. But okay, he pays some young influential women debutantes is what they call them all the time to go to an Easter Day parade in New York City to all light cigarettes and be seen smoking cigarettes together at a given signal. Women who've never touched a cigarette before never cared about <laughs> cigarettes. But he hired them, right? And yeah. he told a bunch of newspaper photographers from major new, uh, newspapers that suffragettes were lighting, quote, torches of freedom in pr- protest of the taboo. So by being influential women who were protesting it, it became associated with empowerment and freedom in a way that women did not have at the time. So like, he was literally trying to get suffragettes, right? Mm-hmm. And Bernays basically said that by it being attractive young women, that it was going to be like, it would liken women to, and uh, they taking like this, this power back, said that it would liken it to women psychologically getting a penis, which is the words that he used. Oh and I think gosh. it's freaking hilarious. And by them being, quote, t- torches of freedom, how in the world do people object? People can't object, oh, right? Man. Like, it's, it becomes like a, a like a progressive symbol. And the important thing here is that women aren't more free for buying cigarettes. Or for having lot, figurative or, penises. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. He didn't make a logical or fact-based case. He wasn't promoting any, like, the, the, the work there doesn't promote suffragettes or women's right. It just is associating a product with their with people's emotions and desires. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the kind of like, like just quick, st- or not quick, but like he would in, like instantly create like a, a campaign and then it would be used on the masses. He was very clear on trying to use his work on the masses and not on individual people. And I don't know, I, I, I had a lot of coworkers who smoked and took smoke breaks. I would guess that like 40 to 50% were women. You know, and like, I've never heard anyone say like, oh, women shouldn't smoke with cigarettes. And that would be very like, you know, regressive in today's age. But I mean, it's just not a thing. Yeah. So let me give you another 20s case. This one's a little bit silly before we get into the, the ones that are like kind of crazy and heavy. Okay. Because okay. this start, it starts off in a very like, oh, oh, Eddie Bernays. You're just making girls buy <laughs> cigarettes and get food and stuff. Uh, it gets it gets uh, a little real. Let's let's get into it. Okay, let's go. Okay, so the the second silly like silly one is Jeff. What's the most important meal meal of the day? Uh, I'm gonna say dinner without thinking about it. But people oh, really? say okay. breakfast and crap like yes. that. But like I I think breakfast is a sham. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. But pe- but you'd say people would say breakfast, right? Yeah, so, I mean that that is a, a I feel like that's been forced on us that breakfast is the most important meal. of the day. You're exactly right. It has been. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, so in the 20s, he gets hired by a company named Beechnut Packaging. I assume you don't know Beechnut Packaging, right? I have no idea. 
Cool. So after the industrial era, um, beach nut packaging has found that people are eating lighter be- breakfasts in particular because they're not working fields and they're not working in factories as much as they used to. People right. are working corporate jobs and whatever. They're trying to stay lean. Um, and, and breakfast just, is a sham. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So uh, they want to solve this. Uh, Bernays goes to his, his firm's internal physician and asks him if he thinks people should be eating, quote, heavier breakfasts. This is a guy employed by Bernays. Mm-hmm. So when Bernays asks him, he says yes. And Bernays says, great. Can you write some letters to fellow physicians and see if they'll agree with you? So he does. And they do. He gets a bunch of physicians to basically okay. agree to the question in the form of a letter back to a colleague. Not like some scientific thing or research experiment or anything, but in a letter back to a colleague. That heavier breakfasts are better. So, uh, like, Jeff, what do you think of as a breakfast food? Can you name a couple? Bacon and eggs. Uh, <laughs> I love you right now, Jeff. I love you. I'm like, okay, I do. I do full transparency, Nick. Yeah, I love breakfast food. Oh, so do I. I. I love it so much. And we don't eat breakfast in our household very much, slash ever. Uh, yeah. But I do. We do do breakfast for dinner, and I literally had bacon and eggs for dinner tonight. So that I, I respect that's it. my answer. Okay, so, that's a great answer. Yeah. Do, do you have a reason that you think of? Do you th- can you name a reason that you think of bacon and eggs as a breakfast food? Uh. <laughs> No, I can't. Uh, because that's what I had growing up. I mean, that, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I had growing up. That's a perfectly valid reason, by the way. I, I don't think that's a bad reason. And but, it's delicious. Yeah. Well, um, wouldn't you guess it? Beach Nut Packaging sells bacon. That's what they sell. <laughs> yeah, makes So sense. bacon sales are down as people are eating lighter, okay? And uh, Bernays has a bunch of pu- newspapers publish a study saying, or say, publish uh, articles saying a study, which, again, this was just letters between colleagues, saying that a heavier breakfast, specifically of bacon and eggs, is scientifically desirable, is a quote from one uh, from one of these newspaper articles. So, like, it's basically overnight with this guy. He just is like, oh, yes, um, hold on, doctor, doctor, you, you know I'm your boss, right? Anyways, doctor, would you say uh, heavier breakfasts are better? Oh, dope. Can you get some of your friends to say that, too? Okay. Yeah, it's it's scientifically hey. proven that scientifically bacon and eggs are, in fact, the best foods ever. <laughs> Freaking exactly. And it's just like, dude, this was almost, this is like a hundred years ago that he said this. And it's still the truth today. Like, we still eat bacon and eggs today. <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. Oh, my yes. gosh. Okay. So, um, after this, uh, after the 20s, he basically starts to use this for increasingly political purposes. One of the ones, I, w- I want to paraphrase this one because I'm, I'm rambling now, but uh, in the 30s, as FDR is setting up the New Deal, um, FDR is upsetting a lot of companies. And I don't want to like get into the politics of FDR because I think you could like tie- make ties to today and everything. But he's upsetting a lot of companies, uh, specifically big companies like GM. Mm-hmm. So these companies decide that they're going to try to promote to the world the idea that free market capitalism is synonymous with dem- democracy. That like the two things are hand in hand and you cannot separate them. They are one of the same, yada, yada. So they start this campaign with billboards uh, with things like, what's good for industry is good for your family. <laughs> and it's got a little picture of a, ki- of a family that looks all happy. And he's hired by GM and companies with GM to, to help plan the World's Fair of 1939. And he wants to shift it away from just technology and to promote social progress and culture. How that progress and culture particularly was part and parcel with and created by American industry. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways they do this is a giant display 
that is literally called Democracy, which was a diorama of (laughs) (laughs) Democracy, which was a diorama of the world of tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I can't find it for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's like the first time, like, you know, that that old timey quote uh, or or like sound effect of somebody saying the world of tomorrow. I think it's from the 1930s, 1939 World Fair. Uh, And the diorama is a utopian New York City built, of course, by General Motors. It's basically (laughs) just a campaign to tell you that, just so you guys know, industry and democracy, the same. They are the one. Yes. And I'm not trying to go into some consumerism thing. Uh, The 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 video documentary, that's what it's called. Uh The documentary is a word. Uh, the documentary I watched is very concerned with the idea of consumerism and the idea of um, what the kind of more sinister, big scale uh, effects of these of of Bernays is. And what I will say is, while we can laugh at uh, bacon and eggs and uh, everything else, it is kind of like we shouldn't let people from the 30s tell us what our <laughs> social norm should be. Oh um, man, <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't. We should yeah, not, because there's some there's some less than desirable uses of this same psychoanalysis techniques of using Freud's techniques. Uh, they give some better examples that are less than that. But I've got one last silly crazy or crazy crazy part of it, and this is kind of his most um, infamous campaign. Um, so that was 1939 World Fair, and in the 50s he's hired by the United Fruit Company. Uh, do you know what the United Fruit Company is, Jeff? Uh, well, before I would have thought that they, uh, were just a random collection of words. I'm going to guess now that they are a random collection of words that represent <laughs> our uh, fruit as a com- as a country. No, you're, you're on the right uh, path, obviously the fruit part, but, no, but not quite. Okay. Uh, well now they're called Chiquita, which you know Chiquita, right? I literally have no idea. I think you do. You say Chiquita? No, Chiquita. Like I, I the, wish. The food? <laughs> no, Chiquita. Chiquita makes uh, they, they're like a big uh, the leading distributor of bananas. Okay, so he's hired by the United Fruit Company, which is now Chiquita, to promote bananas. Um, again, I'm not going to deep dive uh, the Guatemalan stuff, but basically, in the 40s, a uh, there was a change of government in Guatemala. There was like a revolution. Basically, uh, United Fruit Company had some labor issues that were exasperated that were in part brought on by new policies from the Guatemalan government. So they hire Eddie, they hire Eddie Bernays to help the United (laughs) Fruit Company convince the world that the new Guatemalan government was actually a communist regime. And so Uh, bad was it that there was another communist regime so close to American shores and that they could be possibly linked to Moscow, which who knows why they thought that. But basically Eddie Bernays fed like information to uh to uh newspaper reporters that he invited to guatemala on the united fruit company's dime gave them a bunch of information from the the united fruit company that basically said hey these guys are actually secret communists connected to moscow (laughs) and it got they convinced so many uh reporters and governors and lobbyists that the u.s government freaking overthrew the guatemalan government jeff this isn't me spitting conspiracy wow. theories. This is in history books. It's on freaking Wikipedia. You can read a million articles about it. It's not It's not like me just... Edward Bernays was hired by the United Fruit Company to make everyone think that like the United Fruit Company was actually great and the Guatemalan government was like secret communists. 
And then it got so, it was so well believed that the government, the American government overthrew the damn government there. So, okay, Nick, tell me how this worked out well. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I, that, that sucks. So. It's, that You're right. I remember that this was, this was about uh, things that we liked. Uh, this is the only part that I didn't like. Uh, no, interesting. It's interesting. It, it is. It still it falls is. under the banner. Uh, it, but. We're, we're, so, I feel like on the edge. Go ahead. Real quick. This, this is basically the end of my, my thing on Mr. Okay. Bernays. You know what I didn't know until I started doing this? You've heard the phrase Banana Republic, right? It's literally oh, yeah. talking about the United Fruit Company. It's not a phrase about like, oh, no you know, way. like, a, it's, yeah, it's literally a specific reference to the United Fruit Company with because <laughs> they installed what? a, they installed some bullshit government afterwards that was basically put in place through the lobbying of United Fruit Company. Which is a banana company. A banana company hired a freaking PR guy. Is, is Banana Republic like still a brand that is cool? Like, like are we cool with this? No, 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 no. Banana Republic is a term. Oh, well, that's fair. But no, no, no. Banana Republic. I mean the the term. I don't know if you've heard the term. Like, Banana Republic is sometimes used as a I, derogatory. I have, heard, I have heard that. But like, also there's the company, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean the company. That's a good point. I don't think about the. company. <laughs> but it's the name, like it's the word, like they have the same name. Like I feel like, how can that's, you do that? That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know how you could do that. But no, like it's not. It's not talking about Chiquito like in a good way. The, just the the term Banana Republic is talking about the Guatemala, like Guatemala. It's insane amount of ties to Chiquita slash the United Fruit yeah. Company. It's man, it's, that is crazy. Yeah. So you have all these things that are like super standardized norms we have big historical events that are all just tied back to this one dude who is like ah uncle freud you're so smart you really get that people are <laughs> illogical i bet i could use that to manipulate history it's freaking oh, wild dude it's the, freaking wild the the people that got uh marketing and just human psychology manipulation early on like oh my gosh, what a what a venture that would have been because you you could operate in a world without like regulation and <laughs> just oh my goodness you could just put up freaking advertisements saying whatever the hell you want you could uh, just say yeah like, you could just get away with it entirely yeah and I, I think that um it, it's it showed some of the probably weaknesses of the time in terms of uh in terms of reporting because a lot of this stuff it's like oh yeah and then Eddie invited a bunch of reporters and fed them all this information and then that just became the thing and it's like what do you mean everyone just believed him that they were communists what do you mean that's <laughs> the kind of thing you should, you should double check that all right nick uh i think we should probably call it good here uh i i really do appreciate uh being able to talk about this sort of thing this is not the typical uh you know standard of what we put out but uh actually that sounds bad this is not the typical thing that we would put out uh yeah i i like the idea though that we can spend a little bit more time deep diving into uh certain topics and you know we're passionate about it or interesting i mean i i find the bernays thing and how it like speaks to uh like our culture at large and like where we're at as a society really interesting and i know that i probably don't do a good job of articulating the reasons why but I thought it was an interesting thing and it's a cool thing to share with our listeners if they haven't heard of them. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you. I don't think this should be how, like, I don't think I can do a deep dive like this every time, but when we get a chance, I think it's really fun and interesting. So I, if, you, if there's anything that you would like to, uh, you know, toss out as a potential thing to dive into, uh, you can definitely email us at uh, tywasap uh, at gmail.com. 
there's uh, lots of lots of things that we think about that are interesting. But more than anything, if there's anything that you would like to talk about, we'd be more than happy to to consider that and and dive into. Yeah, I did spend a little bit more time this week uh, posting on our Patreon a little bit of a you know behind the scenes clip. I had to cut off a little bit at the end of our episode because I had stopped recording. I, I think that that's the sort of stuff that we'd like to post on our Patreon potentially and maybe a little bit more than that. But again, that that is just something to show our appreciation to you guys uh, more than anything. You know, sharing with a friend or just listening in general. Like that it means so much to us. Completely agree. And I really appreciate all of our listeners and I'm open to all of that feedback as well. And uh, yeah, I, I, anybody uh, spreading the word, uh, I'd love to grow. Uh, yeah. If you want to, you can, you know, check out the Patreon or you can follow us, uh, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, even good old TikTok. Uh, we have our YouTube channel. Um, last episode, I think I left it in. Maybe I didn't. But uh, yeah, we draw the line at Snapchat. It's never... <laughs> Never going to be a Snapchat. But yeah. Is that the only thing we drew the line at last week? Is that we... <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> Gosh dang it. I, I get the joke. Um, oh, good. I, I thought you might. But anyways, uh, Nick, I appreciate you ha- uh, spending the time hanging out and potting with me. You're welcome, man. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>